And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're excited to be here with you today as we have a great program prepared for you today as we talk about escaping Satan's snares as we continue on that amazing topic. And for those of you that are part of the program, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he would open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, uh, we just pray that uh, you will help us be discerning, help us to not fall into Satan's snare, Lord, by deception. But Lord, that will be wise, and uh, Lord, that will be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. So Lord, we pray for everybody tuned in, that you'll bless us with your presence, bless us with your word, in your wonderful and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. Again, as we're talking about escaping Satan's snare. So stay tuned. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Dr. Jones. It's great to have you on. <laughs> Not yet. Working on the doctorate, but used uh, <laughs> from our inbox video where I pretended to be a doctorate and trying to cure the dreaded disease of Symbolicali. Uh, people can check that out on our website, ChristinProphecy.org, or YouTube channel, Christ in Prophecy. That was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you putting that out there. Well, Nathan, you know, you and I always like to have fun and bring joy to people because sometimes people think Bible prophecy is boring, but you and I think differently. Yeah, Bible prophecy is exciting. I mean, man, you and I have talked over the years about the possibility of someday, Having a movie, maybe a trilogy from the book of Revelation with Avengers level quality. Yes. Thing and a budget. Boy, I think so many people come to know the Lord as their savior. That it's kind of my dream for something like that to happen. If we only had, you know, 300 to 500 million dollars to put towards that, I, <laughs> I think that would be awesome. I also thought it'd be awesome, too, is if there was a movie about Revelation that was in anima style, reach the youth uh, I myself uh, like some anima, like, uh, and uh, I think that would just be fantastic. So the Lord is giving us all sorts of communication venues to reach people for Christ. Why not good quality movies with good budgets? Well, Nathan, you know, and, and, and you and I don't talk a lot about uh, money or that, but there's a lot of wonderful supporters out there. People that are sometimes want to get behind certain projects. I mean, I was just looking at Jeff Bezos and uh, again, going up in uh, so much space um, projects going on and so many people getting behind these projects and those are billion dollar projects. So I think you and I for 300 million or so, eh, it's possible. You know, all these billionaires shooting themselves up in a higher <laughs> for, for what? How many, How long are they up there? A few minutes, then they're back down, and then it costs them, what, $25 million? Ah, just think if we had that kind of money to put into really good quality movies. I, I, we've just been many Christian movies in the past, uh, most of them not very good because they barely have a shoestring budget. And you're right, we don't talk about money uh, very much. That's, that's not our interest, but... I just wish that the Christian community had those kind of resources. I think we could produce uh, videos and movies and things that would really capture the audience. So you're right, brother. Bible prophecy, to get to your original point, is exciting. I mean, after all, you and I were so excited, we wrote a book about the book of Revelation, the mighty angels of Revelation. And so there is a lot to be excited about. The return of Jesus Christ to defeat evil. How can there be anything more exciting than that? 
Oh, and Nathan, we talked about the millennium. Of course, we're not going to get, but but there's just so so many amazing things in the time of the millennium. When we talk about the development of technology, when we talk, you and I are definitely two techies, two geeks, and we love technology. And but when people uh, uh, start to consider in the time of the millennium, the things that are going to be developed because of the knowledge and the resources, it's just going to be mind boggling. So as we begin to think about producing programs, TVs, and all the things that you and I are talking about, is really to open up people's understanding of God's word and the excitement that is behind uh, what the Bible talks about for those who put their trust in Christ and will venture into that millennium, into that amazing time period. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the idea is to, to produce whatever media, whether it's television, movies, books, even short little videos like the Inbox series and our Prophetic Perspective series to get people uh, excited about the Lord's return. You're right. Uh, people uh, get this idea that the Bible's dull and boring and, and, all, and not, not at all. Some of the most exciting stories in the world are found in the Bible. And, you know, when you have the king of the universe returning to the planet epic wars to defeat evil and then to set up his millennial kingdom like thousand years of peace righteousness and justice then to go on into the eternal state uh, and see god face to face brother this is all exciting stuff so i just hope that we use whatever venue possible to connect people to that story i i love it and one of the talking about connection nathan before we jump into the program i love the way the conference went can you talk to us a little bit about that in case someone did not tune into the conference, the way that the Lord was able to connect people from all over the world uh, with this amazing conference? Oh, well, uh, Vic and I are both with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. One of the ways we do that is holding annual conferences. We also hold regional conferences and streaming conferences. We bring in uh, not only our own evangelists, but other names, and we... Uh, just have a good time. Our annual conference was last weekend. So as the time you and I are recording this on July 21st, on the 17th, we had our big conference. We had about 800 people in attendance, but we had thousands attend online through live streaming. So if you think you missed our, it was called the power of prophecy. We address different voices from the Bible and today that are giving powerful prophetic messages. Now, when I say prophetic, I don't mean they're coming up with new prophecies, extra biblical prophecies. We don't believe that that's for today. We believe that for today, the gift of prophecy is forth-telling, where you call out society to come to repentance and warn them of what's ahead, not foretelling, where we have new prophecies, new predictions of the future. That's not what our ministry does. And so if you're excited about that, then go to our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. It says 2021 Bible Conference. We have the AM and PM versions of uh, myself, uh, Tim Moore, Dr. David Reagan. We brought Alan Franklin from England to explain what's going on in the EU. Horrible, horrible stuff going on over there. And then Bob Russell, who was uh, my former pastor for many years of Southeast Christian Church. He spoke about the mantle of the prophet. So I, it was a wonderful time. I'm glad for those of you who got to attend uh, over in streaming. Uh, that was just wonderful. But if you didn't, check us out. Uh, go to Christ and Prophecy in our YouTube channel. And uh, you can watch the conference there. Our next conference will be in Las Vegas, October 16th and 17th. We're partnering with Billy Crone's ministry, Get a Life Media, and we're hosting it at his conference and uh, co-hosting it. And we're going to address the Great Reset. Very big topic right now is the globalists are all talking about building back better after the pandemic. 
They want to reset the world into a socialist Marxist, as they call it, utopia. And so we're going to address a lot of the prophetic implications of that. Uh, Tim Moore and myself will be the speakers there. Of course, Billy Crone, Don Perkins, and Brandon Holthouse. So if you want to register, seating is limited. It's filling up fast. Just go to our website at ChristinProphecy.org under events, and you can find it and register. Fantastic. So, yeah, so those of you that are tuned in, you're following us on social media, whether it's now or in the future, check it out. Uh, again, share that with your friends, wherever you are. It's going to be a wonderful educational opportunity. And we just want to encourage you, plug into these resources so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. We're living in perilous times, according to the word of God, and we need to stay sharp uh, now like never before. And Nathan, talking about that, one of the things, too, one of the ways that we as believers uh, can stay sharp is being uh, careful with the snares of the devils, the traps that he likes to set for us. And one of those oftentimes is the appeal of the flesh. And Paul instructing young Timothy begins to instruct him regarding, you know, Timothy, run uh, the race in ministry well, guard your life, be careful about the traps of the enemy, especially the lust of the flesh. And you and I touched on that last week there in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 through 23 and on. But maybe someone wasn't part of last week's teaching, Nathan, in 2 Timothy. Would you be able to take us there and read for us verses 20 through 23 of 2 Timothy so that we can give a little bit of recap of the things we talked about? And then as we move into the second section there uh, of the, the chapter 2. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 through 23 goes... But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself with the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Mm. And, and Nathan, you and I, we, we, we talked a little bit about how important it is to uh, not just start well, but to end well, like Dr. Reagan in his race in the ministry and passing on the baton. And the whole time, uh, the ministry always had a great reputation. You yourself, as a young minister, uh, again, you have kept the lifestyle yourself of fleeing uh, from the lust of the world, because the lust of this world and the snares of Satan have a way of really neutralizing our ministry and especially young people that love the Lord, if they're not careful, right, Nathan? That's one of the way that uh, the, the, the sometimes they're put on the shelf if their lifestyle really don't line up with the word. Well, right. Uh, I, one of my favorite quotes, I actually use this at my Bible college when I graduated, went into the yearbook. It uh, was by a, a newspaperman, probably I think back in the 1930s. I forget his name at the moment, but he said, uh, oftentimes the only Bible that people read is your life. And so how important is as Christians, if we want to share the gospel with people and lead the Lord to Savior as we're called to do by Jesus in the Great Commission, Acts 1-8, that we live holy lives set apart for the Lord. And in doing so, even if someone doesn't read the Bible, they say, you know, there's something different about Christians. They, there's a joy about them. There's a, there's a holiness around them. And then they get drawn to Jesus and, and get saved. Uh, unfortunately, the church has spent so much time lately adopting worldly views and worldly positions in the hopes that attract the world. Instead, they're becoming the world. They're losing their faith. So 
terrible, terrible situation to, to be in. So honestly, I, I totally agree with your brother. Uh, it's a time for Christians to be called into holy living for the purpose of evangelizing. Mm. Thank you, Nathan. And that's why I said I've known each, uh, we've known each other for many, many years and we were a little younger then and you also. And that's one of the things that I've always found uh, fascinated about you and your wife is always maintaining uh, purity, uh, fleeing from the snares of the devil when it comes to the lust of the flesh by having proper accountability, serving the Lord in ministry. And those are the ways that Paul is instructing young Timothy you know, to be careful. And then in verse 23 there, he says, but avoid also foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And what in our ministry, you and I, we, we oftentimes just stay away from uh, disputes, ignorant disputes uh, that only generate strife. There seems to be so much of that uh, in the internet, wanting us to be pulled into various conversations about differences in, in, in ministries, and we just don't go there. We just share what we believe, what the Lord has put in our hearts. And if someone has a different view or different opinion, uh, then you know what? Uh, that's between them and the Lord. But we just call people to discernment and to be careful with these traps of the enemy. Oh, that's too funny because I'm the internet evangelist here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. And, uh, you know, any of you who've been on the internet know Facebook or Twitter or even YouTube how people troll you on it. I, they give you constantly foolish and ignorant disputes. I, I, I was just on my off time uh, on a fan site for the Star Trek Picard TV series. The first series season was so woke. They reinvented all the characters. And I made a comment about their announced season two. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, if season two is like season one, forget it. Well, mainly some guy's trolling me. He's putting pictures of babies crying and calling me a crybaby. I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about a, a, a science fiction TV show, and we're in this ignorant dispute over whether we like it or not. You know, these are the things that the Internet really gets us into. But I, I finished a book series, really fascinating book series. It was written by a gentleman uh, who was uh, adopted by the Indians and given the name Grey Owl back in the 1930s. And he was a trapper up in northern Canada. And by the 1930s, the Canadians had pretty much trapped out almost all the beaver. They almost wiped out an entire uh, uh, creature. And so Gray Owl, realizing this, uh, became a conservationist. But he would talk about his times trapping. And it's interesting. What do you do if you want to trap a beaver? Well, you put the trap close to what they call their plug hole. That's the hole in the dam that they've created. So they, that's their house. They can come in and out of. So you put it near their home or in their, almost right next to their home to catch them where they most travel. And you put the traps, there's food and all, and it catches them and holds them, and, and it makes them suffer for a while before they die, or it, it drags them into the water and drowns them to death. And Satan very much is the same thing. There are traps for humans. Uh, likely they revolve often around the home, just like the beaver's home, uh, with the Internet or, or with strife or, or our neighbors, and it tries to catch us and drag us down to drown us in our sin. And so... It's amazing how much trapping for animals is like Satan. I guess he looks at humans like animals. He certainly treats us like animals, and he traps us pretty much the same way. Excellent point, Nate. I, I love that. What a, what a great analogy you just used there, because that is what, what this topic is about. As Paul is speaking to young Timothy, is to be careful uh, with the traps and the snares of the devil. And he told Timothy earlier in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7, he says, moreover, 
uh, again, those that seek to serve the Lord, especially uh, as a deacon or in a certain position, he says, moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. And, and we see there the word snare keeps coming up because, you know, that's the trap. Satan wants to snare us. He wants to uh, uh, obliterate our testimony, our ministry, so that we become of no effect. People want to uh, wrap us up in endless uh, disputes, uh, knowing that at the end they don't they don't lead anywhere. And, and those are the things, Nathan, I'm so glad you share that, that those are the traps. And talking about uh, I love what you just said, uh, people trolling you. Uh, a few months ago here in the Daytona Beach area, I posted uh, that our ministry has a, a motorcycle outreach. So I have a motorcycle, a Harley, and I, I like to ride, but I'm not a crazy Harley rider. I enjoy it. So I invited some people out. Hey, after our study, uh, if you're open to going for a fellowship ride and we can evangelize and maybe meet at Starbucks for coffee. And that's all I said. And boy, Nathan, someone wrote back this worst comment, almost like, how dare you all oh, a Christian riding a motorcycle? <laughs> what? And, and all these things that I'm thinking to myself, what? And, and it was almost like, what does that happen? And, and you're right. There's people out there that they will take uh, literally almost anything and try to twist it around. Uh, to get you involved in these disputes, and I didn't, I didn't even respond to that. I didn't even get into it, as far as I remember. Where in the Bible is it say that riding a motorcycle is evil? Is that like Second Hezekiah <laughs> or something? I, I, it sounds like if anyone had a problem, it'd be more problematic about Starbucks, and Starbucks is <laughs> so liberal, brother. I'm so sorry. I, I had to laugh because you called yourself a techie or computer nerd, but. Uh, you know, you ride a Harley Davidson, so nobody can call you nerdy. <laughs> but it just, it reminds me, I mean, I just can imagine Paul in speaking to Timothy and saying, Timothy, I'm sure in their time, Nathan, there were so many uh, foolish and ignorant disputes uh, that generated strife. And as Christians, uh, we, we need to be careful. And I just love the second part, Nathan, there of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, verses 24 through 26, if you can read those for us so that we can cover some of what we're talking about here. Sure. Verse 24 goes, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Uh, Nathan, again, what an amazing passage, right? Especially there as it, as it continues on verse 24. And a servant of the Lord, notice this, must not, it, it's not option, it says must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, and the word patient. And you and I, we're, we're servants of the Lord. So when we come across individuals that are harsh and they have their opinions, we we, we, we want to deal with it gently, and we want to be able to uh, uh, encourage people. Otherwise, we can get dragged in just exactly where they're at. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Nathan, I, I also was looking at the verse 25 where it also says, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. And that's also another trademark, would you agree, of um, 
servants of the Lord, it, 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 that we're humble and teachable. Oh, yeah. I mean, that not pride go before a fall? That's the first thing that, that kind of levels us uh, when our Christian faith, we start thinking that we're holier than others. So we start creating all these rules and regulations to follow. Whole denominations exist to go around telling people what to eat and what to wear and what to ride, like motorcycles and how to sing. And it's <laughs> not biblical, but, you know, it's a self-righteousness. It's a, a pride that comes before the fall. Yeah, Nathan, one of the things, too, as you, as you were giving us the analogy about the traps of the beavers, again, it's just that there are people that they have been snared by the devil, their eyes are blinded, and in order for us to be able to help set those people free, verse 25 there talks about in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, and it, and it says, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, and that's really what why we're doing this program, Nathan. We're not here to bash anyone, but we're here that people's eyes will be open to the reality of what's going on around us. Oh, absolutely. I've been uh, looking up something that I, I wanted to quote. Uh, Bob Russell, who was one of our speakers at the conference, used to have this quote when at our church when I was attending there in Kentucky. And it was a difference between primary and secondary doctrine, you know? Like when it comes to the primary doctrines of the Bible, such as the inerrancy of the Bible, the deity of Christ, the virgin birth, the sinfulness of man, the resurrection, and so forth, these are the doctrines that are vital to our understanding of God and salvation. But secondary doctrines, such as, the say, the study of Bible prophecy and how vaccines fit in the end times, for example, they're just not critical to our understanding of salvation. And though prophecy provides us with a great insight into God's plan for an ages, when it comes to secondary doctrines, Christians can disagree, yet all still be saved in fellowship together. So Bob Russell had this quote when it came to secondary doctrines. I love this. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Now, if that's the most contentious thing for Christians, tends to be the differences in agreement between primary and secondary doctrine. Primary doesn't change there should be disagreement on it if someone is unbiblical. But secondary doctrines, this is where the liberty and charity come in. So I love it, man. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Wow, that is so fantastic. I just love the word charity because it reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about that love, the agape love, the charity. And I know we, we, we don't hardly use the word charity anymore, Nathan, right? But it's it's still a very important word. Oh, absolutely. It's extremely important. You know, charitable means that it's not about us. It's not about us being right or, or it's not a, a greed statement always per se, but to to be a little forgiving. Uh, man, this is really and this is really defining our time period is that people have lost the ability to be gracious and forgiving and show charity. Instead, it's, it's selfishness, it's anger and it's revenge. And as we see society grow farther and farther away from the Lord and its Judeo-Christian roots, we're seeing this turn from charity to revenge, to from forgiveness to hate. And it's just a sad thing to watch society devolve into this because if it continues, we'll be like South Africa, which has been on the news the last few weeks as South Africa as a country. It's basically like Portland was during the, the riots in 2020. The whole country is up in arms and rioting everywhere. And that's because with lawlessness comes, and that's what Satan wants. He wants to destroy 
government and society, and that's a, a way of ensnaring us. So as Christians, if you want to stay away from the snares of Satan, remember charity, love, and forgiveness and grace. Those things go so far from keeping us out of trouble. Mm, I love that, man. I love that quote, Nathan. Thank you also for sharing that from Bob Russell. That is fantastic. And again, for those of you that just tuned into the program, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, as we're talking about escaping uh, Satan's snares and what the Bible has to say about that. Nathan, you and I know that the ultimate deceiver is coming and he's going to snare the world. Uh, billions are going to follow him. Uh, and, and we know that... Um, the world is really shaping up for that. And some of that is outlined for us in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 12. And we're just briefly going to talk a little bit about this because people need to, re to realize that all this is leading somewhere. And Paul is, 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 again, talking to Timothy about the cautions of the snares that blind people to believe in things that sometimes shocks us what people believe. So Nathan, would you be able to take us to Second uh, Thessalonians there and read for us uh, chapter one, verses nine through 12, just in case someone is not familiar with this passage? No, no, I can't. Okay, I'll of course I can. <laughs> uh, you always ask that, I, I love it. Okay, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. One of the things that we notice is the grace of God that, I mean, really, that, that's, what, that, that's what saves people. That's what draws people uh, to the Lord, helps them escape that delusion uh, that is coming upon the whole world. Uh, uh, so many are going to be, again, blinded and turning to this lie of the Antichrist. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, our last passage, we need to recognize we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but the Bible tells us that there are these entities. So Nathan, can you take us there to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and read for us verses 1 through 4? And if you say no, I'll read it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You know, Nathan, and that brought about some incredible truth right there, how the Bible talks about people's minds, they're, they've been blinded. And that's why as we do this program and we share truth from a program, the truth will set you free, uh, according to John 8, 32 and 36, really it's the Lord that's going to open up the eyes of the people, set them free through his word and through prayer. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's so important. If you wanna stay away from being snared, connect to Jesus Christ and you do that, by the Holy Spirit's work and speaking through the Bible. So we have to stay in our Bibles as well. We need to stay accountable with other Christians and uh, continuing our prayer lives, walking the holy lives. Don't, 
don't be down at the bars and the strip clubs and watching what you're doing online. And if you want to draw yourself away from God, you want to be snared by Satan and become useless to God's kingdom, then that's what you do. But as Christians, we don't do that. Mm, excellent point. And, and Nathan, I know we, we only have about 30 seconds left to the program. And I was going to ask you, normally we always give people the opportunity to come to Christ. And I always ask you to give that invitation. I thought maybe if you wouldn't mind, I just wanted to share with people uh, today how they can come to know the Lord from, from wherever they are. Absolutely. Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You're familiar with John 3.16. That's the formula. If you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, that you're a sinner in need of salvation, and you repent and turn to him in faith, then you will be saved. You pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please, I know I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Uh, please forgive me and be my Savior. Amen. And Jesus will forgive your sins. The guilt will be cleansed, and you'll inherit a new life and eternal life with him. Well, thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that invitation. Maybe you trusted in the Lord right now by, by, by praying this very simple prayer with us. We'd love for you to reach out to us, 305-992-9537. We'd love to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you may grow in your relationship with the Lord. And right now, the Lord has set you free. For whom the Son has set free, he shall be free indeed. So Nathan and I are celebrating with you right now on your new journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Nathan, that's what it's all about. That's why you and I share the excitement of, of Jesus in our program, because God is really doing some wonderful things, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, as like we've been talking about, Bible prophecy tells about all the wonderful things he's doing. So we want to keep connected to that so we know what's going on, right? Absolutely. So thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, for those of you that are part of the program, stay tuned to our next programs that we're going to be doing as we're going to be talking about some amazing topics really relating to the last days. How can we know that we're living in the last days? Well, we're going to outline for you in our future programs. But for now, we ran out of we ran out of time for this segment of the program. And Nathan Jones and myself, we want to say goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May your faith shine upon you. Nathan, it's always great to have you on the program. I hope you have a wonderful week. You all too. God bless you all.